0: Hello and welcome to Article 23, our podcast about making work, work. I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall and I'm joined by James Hancock.
1: Lovely to be here.
0: And this week I'm taking the very unusual position I'm actually Mm. going to host. I'm feeling a bit of stage fright about it. It's Mm. quite serious.
1: I feel like I'm in the hot seat. It's a comfortable seat. It Uh, is much more comfortable, not in hosting chair. It's daunting.
0: Daunting, yeah, because you have to know stuff. (laughs)
1: Can i make it up now
0: no okay
1: let's see how we go
0: <laughs> so we are going to talk about virtual reality and that's why i'm taking the hosting seat because it's much more james's area than mine i love it but mm. you know more about it so i think it'll be a great thing to do we've been working mm. with really deep experts in virtual reality for about two years yeah uh, we've learned a lot and we know nothing it's one of those areas where there's so far advanced it's just wonderful and we think it's got such enormous potential and is um, changing and growing at such a pace that it's a great topic to introduce.
1: Yeah, and as you said, it's moving quicker than anything tech. Um, but basically, we were reminded of that on Friday night at yes. the MCA, yes. where we were part yes. of uh, the Vivid Ideas Exchange, and the audience daunted, excited, yes. happy, sad. The roller coaster of emotions.
0: It was a roller coaster. Mm. It was huge possibilities, terrifying possibilities.
1: Yeah, so that one, we should give it a plug. You can't go because it was in the past, but it's probably recorded somewhere. You could go in virtual reality. You probably could go (laughs) in virtual reality, but I don't know what's available. But, you know, if if they're listening, (laughs) go ahead. It was called Love Machine. AI is creating digital people. Will they be like us? And it was awesome.
0: And the subtitle was AI escapes from the lab. So it had sort of that fear factor built into it as well.
1: Yeah, and it was terrifying. Yeah, so they had
0: three amazing powerhouses from Sydney Uni. That was Dr. Sandra Peter, who, yeah. Sydney Uni, Uni Business School, lead of Sydney Business Insights, and a real yeah. forward thinker. Yeah, absolutely. Um, professor Kai Rimer, IT professor and expert in disruptive technologies. Which
1: sounds like naughty. It does to sound, yeah, it used to be naughty. It was
0: annoying. Mm. It was annoying, and now it's mm. disruptive, which mm. is sort of good.
1: I don't think he's ever been naughty or disruptive. No, in I, the...
0: he was extremely polite. Yeah, he was very nice. Very polite panel member. Yeah. Which is the best kind. Yeah. Uh, and then Mike Seymour, who is quite yeah. a famous film producer, but he happens, as we found out on Friday, to equally have a Bachelor of Science in CGI and mm. pure mathematics as you do.
1: Seems like a natural combination to me. What <laughs> <once> you got?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, do you know George Miller's actually a medical doctor? Really? He is. I as had well no as idea. making magnets. I, 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 I honestly I knew it cool. my daughter's a filmmaker, so there I knew you it. Go. Wow. and then they also had two other experts on the panel which were really interesting too. Mm-hmm. Um, expert from um, University of Southern California, absolute guru, whose name is Hal Lee. Yes. He's the founder and CEO of Pinscreen. Yep. Cool app, you can get your
1: amazingly phone. fun app. We played with it a lot on Friday we, and all weekend. <laughs>
0: we did all weekend as well. Yeah. So he's a German guy who actually now works at the University of Southern California mm-hmm. and his expertise is in non-rigid shape registration who knew what that was mm. and real real facial performance capture
1: yep. <laughs>
0: and taking your face and converting it into a digital identity
1: and he showed that on stage and he did a great job of um putting his face in real time through the app with that loading amazing hair. it up with that crazy hair <laughs> it was hair. non-rigid it and was so very his, hair. Uh, it might be his area of expertise to make sure his hair is hair, good in VR. Right, that's right. Because it's good in real life. So. And
0: then they had a local internet pioneer, Michaela Legwidge, who is the co-founder and CEO of Studio Mod, Yeah. an honorary associate of UTS as well. Yeah. Um, and they specialize in real-time production and virtual production. So, again, a totally different perspective. So the five yeah. of them together were just blowing our minds.
1: Yeah, yeah, super cool crew. And we took most of them while... Crew along with us as well, and my wife went along. Um, we took up a whole row. A whole row, pretty awesome. <laughs> and basically, I think we all got something from it. Um, the good, the bad, a touch of fear, maybe a touch of excitement, definitely. Um, we walked through some of the amazing emergent kind of visualizations that are going on with VR, with augmented reality, and kind of technology more generally. Um, all about creating those digital versions of ourselves, yeah. which
0: is pretty Why cool. Not? And you sit there and you go. I love the possibilities and the beginning of the conversation on Friday night was all about that yeah and every time you get really excited about it they go and here's the scary side of that go, oh my goodness that's yeah. so terrifying yeah um, and there was one conversation that started off with Michaela Ledwich mm. and they said and she was the only transgender person on the panel and they said try different ways of being you and play with identity yeah and that sounds like great fun yeah and then Dr. Sandra Peters said that she'd always want blue hair but not the confidence to try it and so if she went online, she wouldn't create a new identity, she might, but she'd be a feeling that she must conform. Yeah. And that led into a whole conversation about whether this playing with digital identity gives you an opportunity and a freedom mm. with possibility to play with your identity, or whether it's an extreme version yeah. of social media anxiety that we currently have at the moment. It's causing mm. so much damage to everybody, where we're sort of going, that is perfection, I have to strive for it, going to have to fit in like that.
1: Yeah. And those stages and thinking of adoption as well. So... You want to be able to play with your identity. That's really cool. That makes a lot of sense. Like you said, the conformity aspects too. And then I think that almost that fear and that cap that says, I'm not going to um, do what I really want to do because there might be that digital footprint. Yes. It's always that kind of scary where's my data? Where's it being locked down to? Who's On the it? idea, I like the idea of playing around with it, but what will that leave behind and how does that look? Just kind of always lingering when people are looking know, at this stuff. And as you
0: were talking about, we we're talking about this earlier today, Yeah. this potential for identity theft.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I can't get past it as much as I love all, all of what was shown. I just wonder that if we're getting quicker and quicker at making someone digitally look exactly like us, how long will it take for that to become someone that is us? How yeah. does that look? What formats does it go out into? What channels does it go out into? How will someone be able to, imposter being be imposter to us or yeah. impersonate us yeah will they get our voice bang on will they be able to think like us and then will they be able to report that out or give that out to you know a customer service but thing and, they and talk, change something they
0: talked about Albert Einstein coming back and teaching us as a digital persona teaching us science or Churchill's teaching us history which all yeah. sounded like oh wow really cool and then you go, but what are they going to say? Like, are we going to make up words for them? Because they're not actually Albert Einstein.
1: Yeah, that's right. We no. don't know what they were thinking necessarily. No. We only imply it. We no. weren't there. We're not them.
0: So we could actually become other people, steal their identity and say make them say crazy things, which is back to that bullying one and we're yeah. in a big circle.
1: And it's just kind of this, everyone gets caught up in the hype. Yeah. And we should just trust that people will do the right thing. Which yeah. Which always makes me pause just slightly.
0: Yeah. There was a there was a, <laughs> actually a really interesting quote. Um, mm. Hayley, who was talking, he said, we used to think 10 years ago that we couldn't cross the uncanny valley and you hear the virtual reality guys talking about this as well yeah and that's that digi- where digital people are creepy they've got weird eyes mm. or weird mouths real
1: people can be creepy too i
0: know <laughs> but digital people have people told can be me this creepy. <laughs> about other people <laughs> not me not creepy, i think you're i think you're getting better all the time Judge. thank you um it's digital. So, but what he said there are now no constraints we literally yeah. are going as fast as i possibly can towards digital personas or digital people yeah. without any real constraints and I thought Sandra Peter came back with a really nice view that mm. given that, we need to get into the conversation, start being part of it, and not just letting it careen at speed into heaven knows yeah. where it will go.
1: Don't let it happen to you.
0: Yes. Be part it of
1: it. Be part of it, <laughs> absolutely. What are we going to talk about?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. We're you're going to
1: talk you're about... hosting. <laughs> <laughs> We've
0: I knew it was that good. Was that was fun, though. One.
1: Yeah. We're going to talk
0: about virtual reality. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. And today we're going to cover what it is virtual reality, how it works, its applications at the moment, where it's up to, and considerations about the benefits that it could provide. So let's start with that. Yep. James, what is virtual reality?
1: So look, heaps of terms in tech. I'm going to use a really simple one. It's basically an environment we create, or maybe a scenario that we create, where you can go in there. It's 3D and it looks real and it lets us interact in real ways as though it was actual life but it's virtually created
0: yes yes that's exactly right you literally go in and be someone else
1: yeah we can get you to be whoever we want you to be and we can kind of make you do whatever we want you to do
0: yes we can
1: i'm just trying to be daunting and scary (laughs) But basically, there's obviously a whole range of great reasons you would do that.
0: There is. And one of the reasons that we're actually working with it now is you Mm. can actually go into virtual reality using a headset where you and I, who are different shapes and sizes and gender and age and everything else, we could actually step into virtual reality and through the use of virtual reality, walk in the shoes of someone else. So we could both be morphed into, through virtual reality, being a five foot two man, um, pretty close it, pretty close yeah so,
1: <laughs> I'm a so, bit taller <laughs> yeah, so,
0: but we could actually be that and that's what we see with virtual reality instead of asking people to have a lived experience a thousand times over because each of us only have yep. one but it's actually going into the footsteps of someone else and adopting that persona or that digital identity mm. in a virtual scenario and seeing how you feel and respond to
1: it yeah yeah An awesome beyond case study approach I think And we're seeing it used in a wide range of industries and in various applications. The sky's kind of the limit on what we can do with this. I think that's what we're really both excited about. Um, We, I always think of it like uh, in property as an example. So you see this great big empty office space. What on earth is it going to look like? I'm going to do the open plan office. I'm going to do, and you just um, obviously are transported to what it would be like. Pretty amazing. Um, But we can as you said, make sure people in a team, in an organization experience the same thing. And that's a real case that we've used. Um, And we've used it in things like exclusion and power distance. It triggers great empathy. It triggers a real visceral response is kind of our catch cry for it. And that is bang on.
0: I wouldn't care if someone was overpowering me. I wouldn't care if I was excluded, but when you actually feel it in virtual reality, people have a visceral response. You're
1: absolutely right. Yeah, and you quiz them on what was said and done in the scenario and they don't know. They just know that that person felt really bad. Yeah and it was really uncomfortable.
0: So where's it up to now?
1: Oh gosh, look, I think as we said earlier, the theme advancements are happening so quickly at great pace. I'd add a couple of things in here. One is that the technology is advancing swiftly and the flip side of that as always is cost reduces quickly, which makes it more accessible to more people.
0: Yeah, that's like that headset that no longer needs to be tethered to a laptop. $300
1: Yep. $300 headset, that's amazing. Yep. And then basically carve it down by 90% to like $300 instead of $3,000. Yeah. That's the kind of amazing. swift exponential impact. Um, the other one I think, and we've touched on a little bit already, is that there should be and is, I think, more emphasis and thinking on ethics and doing the right thing. Yeah. And it's <sighs> just constant need for vigilance on that.
0: Yeah. And we've had this discussion, including with people who are experts in virtual reality. Uh, A long time, a lot of hours, a lot of hours, and a lot of wine, I would say.
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We
0: actually actually had a wine night to talk about this because it was just so, it's such an interesting thought is to how far you should you take it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've toyed with that um, in scenarios where we can see applications of this more in the people and HR kind of setting, which is we could absolutely bully someone in a scenario, for example, if we wanted to, we could create that. Is that something we should do? And then, what are the mechanisms and what's the psychological safety around protecting those people yeah. if something has actually happened to them? If that really does trigger something real for them in their lived experience, yeah. what, and, what and do we, we need to do the, around that? The yeah.
0: real life impact of bullying, and do we know what the what? impact of bullying in virtual reality is? And we need to be really conscious of that and careful with that, that we're holding people's safety and, and security in our hands when you're doing yeah. virtual reality or any sort of learning that's exposed and making sure that they're not in an unsafe environment. I think that's an incredibly open question because there's a lot of discussions about, oh, we won't have any people involved in it. We'll just have a VR library. We'll just grab a headset, learn something, throw it back off, grab it again, throw it back off. But actually what is that and what are you learning and how far do you want to push it? It's a a great question. I think we've probably got years of debate in front of us.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're done at all. Look, I think to summarize on virtual reality a little bit, um, there's a few things. First one, virtual reality really allows people to be immersed in um, a different world, which yep. is awesome. Different
0: experience, which is wonderful. Yep.
1: Um, its applications are ever increasing. The technology itself is becoming cheaper, better, and more accessible. Yes. Uh, we should be ha- absolutely having more discussions on where, when, and how to best use it.
0: Yeah. And like all that technology going, this is how it it should be used. Yeah. Like a virtual reality meeting that enables everyone in geographically dispersed or uh, different levels of disability and ability to get to a meeting to be brought into a meeting, that's so wonderful as a possibility and we've already seen that real, like that's a real possibility. And then the flip side, how can you take it too far and what would it look like?
1: Yep, totally agree and I think that this probably is our absolute summary point which is that we don't see it fundamentally replacing learning.
0: No, we still need life, don't we?
1: Yeah. We
0: need some life experience or a personal experience or a pattern interrupt. So you can like walking in someone else's shoes, but just because I've walked in the shoes of that five foot two man doesn't mean that I shouldn't talk to a five foot two man and ask him how it really feels. Yeah,
1: no, no. I think that's it.
0: Yeah, I think that's it too. That's pretty cool. (laughs) So love the fact you can try it, but unless you're actually living it, there's still that lived experience component and all the possibilities. So that's just a a toe in the water on virtual reality. Obviously, it's an area that we do a lot with and and so much more to come um, with the sort of super experts that are progressing it at the moment. Mm. Um, But what we thought we'd talk about next week is another Mm. area where we're actually using virtual reality to bring this... Forward into it. And we're going to talk about privilege yeah. and socioeconomic diversity. And this is one of those topics that nobody wants to talk about because it seems career limiting to call this out, that there may be an element of privilege or socioeconomic yeah. privilege that got people into senior roles. Yeah.
1: Didn't get there on their own.
0: That's exactly... Well, it's a question. <laughs> I know that's that exactly was, that, right. That wasn't <laughs> a
1: statement. That's a. Uh, ah. ah yeah. yeah.
0: And everyone likes huh? to think they worked hard. So you can work hard, but you usually start a few rungs up the ladder to get there. Yeah. We're going to talk about the privilege index that we've been using, which we think is very, very interesting. We've now got two, two and a bit years of data on that. Yeah, And socioeconomic diversity, which is the, the sister of or the brother of that particular idea. Yeah. Really look Love forward it. to that. In the meantime, if you want any more information, including some of our virtual reality case studies, www.mwah.live. And also, if you want our free newsletter or access to those case studies online, just go to us via team at my.live and grab that from us. Um, and we'll look forward to speaking next week with uh, privilege and socioeconomic diversity.
1: Can't wait. See you next week.
0: Bye. Bye.